Welcome to this episode of Syntax, the Artist Finals 2021. My name is Natalia Rodanova and I'm a visual artist based in Amsterdam. I'm doing mainly installation, video and performance. And today here with me is Dante van Elburg, who just graduated from the Bayer Fine Arts Department at Artest. Hi, nice hello, to have hello. you. Yeah, nice to be here. <laughs> Uh, first, congratulations with the show. Thank you, thank you. It's the first day today, so a lot of um, emotion, I guess. Uh, not yet, not yet, actually. Yeah, Yesterday was uh, the emotional day. So, how would you start um, talking about uh, your projects? We can uh, try to walk our listeners through your presentation and try to give them... Mm -hmm as visual as possible picture of it, and then we can dive into it. Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm in a bigger exposition space with multiple artists. So uh, there's a lot going on, and you see a lot of mostly paintings, actually, in one room. And on the floor, there are a lot of different sculptures. Uh, and my work is positioned uh, uh, on the floor and on the walls. and if you look to the left, <laughs> you see a wall filled with uh, drawings and they're all framed and mostly made with pencil or gouache. And uh, if you look on the floor, there are several sculptures with uh, diff different uh, materials, like concrete, uh, licorice. They're like doormats made out of licorice. Mm -hmm. There's a wooden fence with a cat and... Um, there's a big chimney made out of polyester foam and uh, Kaiser breads. Um, and that one is standing against the wall. And, uh, and above this chimney, there's a big painting um, to like mimic a bit of uh, this art collector's house situation where there's a chimney and a bigger painting above. And if you move to the right, there are several paintings, I believe five, yeah, five. Five next to each other. And uh, to close everything, there is a wooden pigeon with an arm underneath it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for this uh, elaborate <laughs> description. Uh, I was happy to see in Rio your presentation today. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy to have you here and be able to uh, discuss the works individually and um, at the same time as this big, installation that you made um can you share with our listeners um how do you perceive this installation in terms of a unity but also a separate works do, does it um does it have a name uh, as a as a one uh, unity of work but also at the same time individual pieces and what comes first and what um, comes next within your process? Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of people who say it for the first time that call it an installation or an entity or something, but that's also the first time. Also because this is the first time that everything is in one place. So I've shown multiple things at different places, but individually, and now it's the time to all throw it together. So I um, didn't came with this intention to make an installation or an entity. Uh, it's more emptying my studio and throw everything <laughs> in one place and then hang it up right. <laughs> uh, so I only saw them individually, actually. So I 
worked also on this idea to continue on this individual state. <laughs> so in a way, what uh, uh, brings together the work is the fact that you're the maker behind, behind them and this also unifies them in a certain way, but you don't perceive them as one series necessarily. No. When we walked through it today, we started with, uh, with the drawings. Could you tell us a bit more about the importance of the drawing within your practice and mm -hmm. how do you come up with, um, with the images that, that you're depicting there? Uh, yeah, so the drawings that are hanging there are not necessarily like um, pre-made presentations or like a forestelling. But it's really uh, uh, almost like a, the end result of a really quick thought. So there are a lot of them with the same elements in it, and uh, they are all made with a super high tempo, and they are all repetition. So once you start and repeat this uh, this certain uh, element of a visual element, mostly. I start with visual elements from my studio or something I saw on the internet or from a book. And I copy it and repeat it a lot of times. And the more you copy it, the more it transforms. Or at least I get free more freely uh, with the transformation of this thing. And then I, uh, there are multiple tracks almost, almost like a track list. Uh, and then I combine those different tracks so let's say at one drawing I start with the letter N, so I copy this letter N a lot, and at the other drawing I'm copying Tintin a lot. Uh, and suddenly at one point they come a bit together without like a pre-made plan, but it's really this repetition and losing what you did before this. So if you repeat something, you forget your begin point. So you're actually a bit of a robot copying this and you forget composition or ideas or concepts and uh, then you throw them together to a new shape and then you can really see new luggage <laughs> yeah it's uh, it seems to me that this uh, this idea of uh, speed with mm -hmm. which the work is made is uh, very important to you um, because you put a conscious effort uh, in direction of trying to work as intuitive as possible in order to create this world that seems um, somewhat related to um, to the reality in which we live, but also uh, they seemingly lose these references and create another type of reality. I wanted to ask you what um, what is the world these works are part of? How do you see them once they, um, they are detached for this first reference or the first moment um, which grabs your attention uh, and makes you study a certain symbol or a certain visual element and through this fast process of, um, of drawing or, as you said, uh, repetition and redrawing, they become something else. And what is the, yeah, what is the, the world they're part of? Um, they're, yeah, first of all, they're all based on ready-mades or like existing elements already. So um, symbols and language is already pretty clear and recognizable also for the viewer, I hope. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, the world it's made of, uh, the order that it's creating, I don't know yet, but 
yeah, this 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 constant coming back of ready-made and already existing elements is something super important because that's also part of the speed that you choose something that's already there that you don't have to create it. Uh, that takes a lot of time and uh, yeah, I think I'm not lazy, but I'm very uh, yeah. How do you say? I want to move on very quickly, so it's a very fast way to pick something that's already there and uh, yeah, and use that because the idea is the same actually. You just use another shape; it costs more time, and yeah, with the speed you can just continue and yeah. And we can say at the same time that you um, move fast from one image to another, but at the same time, perhaps you're going in depth with it by studying it. By taking the time to continuously um, depict it or transform it from one image to another. Mm-hmm. And before we continue with kind of moving through the space uh, in our head, um, I just wanted to share also this observation that I had before talking to you today. Um, that this repetition appeared to me as um, some type of movie script almost or as if the work had a temporal aspect to it, which was you um, transforming the drawings into other drawings, more or less elaborate, going through the sculptures sometimes, and then arriving at the paintings. So there was this feeling of kind of almost like cinematic sensibility or like temporal aspect of it. Um, To what extent... um, the, the continuum of this process is important for you. Um, and which which kind of which derivative of the work for you is the most uh, the most important or the whole process as such it is? Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, hmm, yeah. Also, with this with this cinematic element, is I think also existing from uh, yeah, I think from the movement that's also depicting a lot of yeah. a lot of images and also this uh, in, within the sculptures, for example, this there's also movement captured and like stuck in between concrete or uh, or, or glue, um, and the cinematic things. Uh, how do you say? But become almost like a like a comic thing. So once you draw, and if you see the drawings from from close, they like also they start on the left and you read them to the right, like yeah. literally like a script or like a European script. Uh, and uh, uh, they are always depicting movement, or there's always something happening because the sure. pictures want to move somewhere. Uh, but the whole exposition is silent. Uh, at least I hope then, but because it's, yeah, sometimes the most slow medium that I use, for example, oil paint or concrete or bread. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very slow mediums. So uh, it's nice that this, this, this uh, that it looks that the viewer is already too late, that you miss something, that the performer or somebody was there already, because there's also an element of a doormat that is missing like a piece uh, where a shoe fits in and then across the room there is a shoe with a piece of a doormat underneath it. Uh, and on one canvas there are like bullet holes 
And uh, yeah, this also suggests this movement, like somebody was here very quickly, moved, lost his shoe, but he didn't get time to grab it. Uh, but he really had to go on and shoot something really quickly. And that's something I, yeah, I really like also because it's made very quickly. And also because, uh, uh, yeah, you don't take a lot of time. Yeah, except you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you take a lot of time to see stuff. But most of people are just like, oh, yeah, I recognize your paint. I see this, blah, blah, blah. So this this constant speed is also a bit for the viewer, maybe, and also the state that I'm working with, uh, working in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was about to ask exactly that, listening to you. Uh, do you think um, it's you making a, a gesture for the viewer by depicting such actions that are kind of almost capsulating a movement? Or it's also uh, you perceive yourself as part of, um, you can say, this contemporary human who is conditioned by the time we live in a little bit and we experience things in such a way in which we we need this action or we need this movement and this speed to go through things. Mm -hmm. So do you think you're also part of the same audience or you're the maker, but at the same time? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to be very quiet and concentrated and very elaborate as well and very focused and neat. Uh, but the more and the longer you're in, like in this art school, for example, and on your phone <laughs> and with music and yeah, I always have this feeling also when you're painting or really making that you're already at the opening. So everybody's already drinking champagne and uh, talking shit and uh, yeah, not really touching really a subject. <laughs> so so in the studio, there's also this constant, uh, like for example, I have a speaker and I'm always listening to music and hopping from painting to sculptures to drawings. So this is constant uh, non-focus and speed also happening in the studio, yeah. Yeah, kind of a low attention span. Yeah, yeah, low attention span. Yeah, I couldn't I, find the point. I can relate to that as well, but <laughs> I think for most of us is um, yeah. more or less true. Um, yeah, I hope it comes with age or something like. Uh, I think it requires a certain uh, awareness and consideration, or even exercises of kind of mm -hmm. realizing what we need and how to uh, create for ourselves the necessary atmosphere and time. Uh, to work the way we want to do it. Um, also, when you said it, I used to be like that, um, made me think of your uh, period in the uh, in the academy as a whole. Mm -hmm. mm, can you tell me a little bit how this went as a process? Um, how was your relationship to your um, fellows, like students and friends, but maybe also to your teacher? I noticed, so his name is uh, Hester Orlemans. Yeah, her, yeah. Um, her, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. their name. And yeah, it, it uh, kind of uh, stood out for me that you are in a course of someone, which is um, familiar to us a bit more from the German system of education. And I think this could be also quite influential uh, for the way you... Um, yeah, kind of dedicate yourself to this particular contact. So can you share a bit with us like how this process went? Uh, yeah, I can start like chronologically. <laughs> um, so we first have a base year. So then you learn like all the mediums and all the different classes. And from the second year, you get a studio and studio visits. 
and that stays uh, for like three years. So the first year you're super frustrated that you can't uh, make your own work because you have to do like an assignment and yeah. they really build up to that point that you can't can't hold it anymore and then it's holiday and you come back and then you finally can do your own thing and at least that's the intention <laughs> and, and, and I had that a lot. So I was really looking forward to finally make your own work and like explore on your own what something is without an assignment. Uh, so first started with making a lot of sculptures and um, they were all ready-made. And um, yeah, I was doing that I think in the second year and third year and I was always drawing what I was going to make or draw what I have made. So there was always a drawing involved. And at one point uh, I found them a bit too, yeah, too simple or too, yeah, let's say I just was just not happy maybe, with it. Yeah. yeah, I was not happy with the result, but I was really happy with how it's going to look like or what I had in my head, how it's going to look like. So I started to treat these drawings as the proper work and like, uh, yeah, why talk less about the drawing or a sketch if this is what is uh, what you want to say or what you want to show. Yeah. So I stopped with making sculptures and I really focused on these drawings and this, uh, uh, yeah, because there were always drawings uh, that formed like a sculpture. So there was, yeah, there were pretty yeah. weird drawings of how, or like of couches and chairs, like how I'm going to install this. And, um, and then the more I focused on the end result of a drawing, the more free, freely the drawings became. Mm. And like at the end of the third year, I was completely drawing. Uh, and I know halfway the third year because uh, I was starting to paint and draw a bit. And then uh, the lockdown happened or COVID or the thing. And uh, then I really had to be at home and I was just exploring painting and stuff. And that is something you really can do at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's flat and yeah, it's toxic, of course, but you can do it. So I really at the time and uh, focused to do this and really dive into painting. So I read every day about painters painting and because in the first year I didn't even uh, manage to, to get a good grade <laughs> for painting and I really yeah. hated it. Yeah, um, yeah and now I'm uh, graduated with paintings and <laughs> so, uh, yeah. dynamic um, development. Mm -hmm. We can say also that that was your path of going back and forth and drawing the, um, the, the, the sculptures, as you call them, that you wanted to make and kind of um, shifting in your head the status of this drawing of first being uh, somewhat sketches of what you wanted to make and then later on becoming the thing itself, the mm -hmm. autonomous thing. Um, so I wanted to ask you... Um, to what extent you consider your ideas or the way they evolve uh, as a research? Um, and as a follow-up question, um, if you can share with us a little bit, like what was your um, your thesis about and what type of ideas you explore there? Uh, yeah, within the thesis, um, uh, yeah, we call it like an artistic research, so you really dive into... Um, yeah, what you're doing, who do you relate to, etc. Just yeah, as a normal thesis. But um, uh, yeah, I wrote a bit about why we 
write theses and stuff and a bit why this is necessary and why artistic research is necessary because I was doing great before theory happened and afterwards you get like conscious of what you're doing and stuff and of course learn a lot about it. But yeah, I wrote a bit about um, in, uh, how indecisiveness uh, in the artistic context work in like a concrete world. So um, I, I'm, I'm very bad at uh, making decisions. Um, how do you say? Uh, do you mean in a sense of choices? If something to be one thing instead of another? Or uh, to pick the right moment to say that's how something is going to be or how it's going to look or yeah. that's when it's finished. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, but mostly with talking. So when I'm doing it, it's no problem. I, I throw it on the stash or give it to somebody or whatever. That That's no problem. But once you have to explain or stuff like this, like a podcast, it's super hard to narrow down what you're doing and uh, not excluding all the other stuff because I like everything, uh, I like a lot actually. Yeah, it's super stupid to talk about all the stuff you like or find interesting and exclude other stuff. So I was really writing about this and uh, I based it a bit on, on like French writers from the 1880s. They mm -hmm. were really focused on this because there was after the, like a syphilis plague and they didn't have a subject mm -hmm. to write about. And before that, there were like people like Flaubert and stuff who really had a nice subject and they were very talented, but they didn't have a subject. So they made like a carnival of being. Um, and they they wrote about um, like uh, a new player against the metaphysica called pataphysica. Mm -hmm. So like metaphysica like um, uh, compares to logic and pataphysica only compares to metaphysica. So like on the interpretation of logic. So they exclude mostly all logic and they really emphasize on um, uh, uh, how do you say outsummary? Uh, I forgot the Maybe this, the this type word, of uh, automatism within an action, or this. I think what you're uh, describing now, uh, it's something that I could also feel within within your work. Mm -hmm. I, I can see how um, perhaps this influenced you. Because you were also sharing with with, with me that um, you deploy certain methodologies or techniques in order to uh, not allow yourself to um, induce a particular meaning or have already the weight of of a specific induced logic mm -hmm. on on your images, but then kind of let them evolve by themselves. Yeah, that's I guess something we can say. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, that's also a bit based on that idea that like you feel like useful uh, like char characteristics or like intentions with these characteristics because of the usefulness. Uh, that's something I always remember when I'm making it because about, uh, uh, like a quote in this book was about a watch mm -hmm. and that we all say that the watch is round. Um, uh, and the watch is only around when you're looking at it, when you're in a hurry. So it's like, shit, it's 12 o'clock, I have to hurry up. And then it's round. But a watch is never round, of course, because it's also a square and an ellipse and etc. So we we say that something is something because of our hurry or our usefulness or like our uh, need to grab this usefulness. Mm -hmm. um, and as an artist, 
they, they say like you should be the one that emphasizes what something not uh, isn't or like or is so uh yeah with this i always keep in mind especially with painting and especially because i use a lot of ready-mades and already uh yeah certain forms that you can like constantly put them in perspective what what they are or what they do or yeah etc can we then say that artists um not always but for the more most cases are specializing into um finding value and refining value in things that are um others oversee so to say yeah 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 for example yeah yeah it's super stupid if you are not uh if you say that something is round and we all move on and yeah we get more money and we get richer and stuff but we don't even know what we all had and not that we are archaeologists or something or like scientists but uh yeah it's good to stand still with what you have right or at least but, i like it but to be able to recognize its full uh potential but mm -hmm. then you need to focus even if you do it fast right yeah <laughs> kind of yeah. um so i think we we got to uh in my head at least to kind of the the, the center of, of your presentation when we were uh, looking at um, what, where the painting starts and uh, kind of sculptural objects that also use um, food. So uh, could you tell us um, to what extent food is important for you or what exactly about it uh, it's important? Uh, yeah. Um yeah, there's now a lot of food happening in the art, of course, and also the things that uh, happen with it. So there's a lot of meals now or like performances with food that you can gather around. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm more focused on the, the surroundings of it. So, for example, in one uh, sculpture, I use Kaiser breads. And at the Albert Heijn, they're like five for one euro. And when you're a student, you buy them a lot to like being able to stand for a day so they're always around in my studio and um yeah at one point i didn't have any room anymore and everything was full so i put like my this bread on this chimney i was building uh and i never took them off i thought like okay this is the place for them now and then i decorated this whole chimney with this bread um and also because if you leave them for a while they look a bit like uh, these things in the couches, you know, like this oh, yeah. points to. Yeah, I forgot now how this tight. technique yeah. was called, but there was a way yeah, to. Yeah, with the bottom to push sure, like yeah. this polyester. Yeah, and for example, there are doormats made of licorice, and uh, that's also something that happens with the surroundings. So I, I had this um, obsession with doormats and uh, constantly thinking about them, and I wanted to steal them from people's door and. Because they were lying on the street and uh, yeah. I live on a very long street and you could see all these black spots in front of the door and I was always tempted to take them and stack them and bring them to my studio and yeah, I, I don't know, I wanted to make a sculpture with it and I was so obsessed with it that at one point uh, I saw a kid ripping like uh, licorice so I was completely shocked like why are you putting a doormat in your, your mouth and I wanted to <laughs> like smack it uh, out of him, like save him but it was just uh, this obsession and then I made this connection with this licorice and the doormats like okay I don't have to steal them I can make them very cheap from this Hagebo candies and 
yeah, I'm just going to do it <laughs> that I did. It's interesting you got these reactions mostly um, or most probably because in your head you were already practicing actively this recontextualizing of this object or you were perceiving not for what it is but what uh, it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. for you it almost as if it uh, changed its meaning and then it kind of produced this reaction in you, which is uh, quite interesting. Um and then on the other side, I'm thinking about um, what you're saying about the immediacy. Um, I feel it's not only um, the immediate uh, access to the object, but at the same time, something that speaks about certain locality. Because what's, say, immediate for us in this particular context might not be um, so accessible for someone living far yeah. away. So True, yeah. So this, I guess, says also something else about uh, yeah the locality of the context mm-hmm. uh, we are in. Yeah, but I would like to ask you about um, this idea of like serendipity or sensibility that allows you to recognize something um, as precious or as valuable. So do you, do you think um, do you think these moments or these encounters are always there or it's uh, in fact you recognizing their potential to become something else um, that becomes important for you as well? Uh, yeah, I think the second one that that it's me, but I'm always I'm not always in that state. So no. if I'm, I'm, if I'm freely in that state or I'm, I'm already busy in my studio and drawing, I'm very open to it. So then I go to the Albert Heijn and for example, get an idea or see something, but... For example, the last four weeks, I'm only building up and drilling. I'm very tired and I didn't have an idea for like four weeks. So it feels super empty. I'm like, how did I make this before this? So uh, it's it's also a sport to get yourself in this state. Uh, and of course, maybe you're lucky with the way you see and like everybody sees it in their own way. Um, yeah, but to get yourself in this state, that's, uh, that's a bit of a challenge, I think, yeah. Yeah, I guess it requires the precisely the practice mm-hmm. um, that you're choosing to practice. Because yeah. practice in the end of the day is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it seems also in academies we also study to speak about it and contextualize it and being able to talk and explain. Um, but yeah, practice is what we do and uh, I guess it also requires a certain yeah. Um, yeah attention to it. Yeah, and also with the serendipity, of course. And if you're having a, if you're having a dinner with a friend, and uh, at the end of the evening you realize how nice it actually was, or the next day, but you didn't had it at the moment. That happens a lot, of course, and especially I have that a lot. Like now, I'm already thinking, oh, we had a nice couple of hours of talking before this, and then once you do that, you you can process the information and like. Uh, implemented in your inspiration as well yeah yeah i guess uh, if if people are open towards their environment they'll be able to recognize things uh, differently yeah yeah a little bit this idea of the um, the more the more you look the more you the more you know the more you see but it kind of works the other way around the more you see the, the more you know mm. somehow yeah 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 um so you were speaking a little bit about the the last uh, one month and the preparation for the show. Mm. Um, 
because today is only the first day and has just started. How do you how do you ideally want to unfold? Do you think the kind of new circumstantial specificities of how we go to events would change a lot? Um, the experiencing the show, do you think it would be better to some extent or would slow down the process somehow? Or how do you feel about it? Mm. I have the feeling, and I just seen it for a couple of hours, that it's uh, a bit bit more quiet than normally because normally everybody comes here and just see where they start and where they end so this whole school is filled and now it's a bit more focused and you have a bit more time per space uh, and yeah I like that way more but so it's a bit more focused viewing group now I think and uh, yeah personally I like that way more than uh, I hope it's of course a nice experience for everybody but it's also nice that somebody uh, of something that took a long time to make that gets also the value and viewing time that it deserves. Because <laughs> after feeling previous years, it's a bit quicker and a bit faster. Yeah, so we, we can say that maybe it takes uh, a little bit uh, away from this festive um, atmosphere during yeah. openings, but at the same time, it allows people to uh, be more focused and in that sense, uh, kind of better their viewing experience, if yeah, you can say yeah. so. And there's no bar, so that's it's a big influence, I think. Like Normally there's a big bar and a lot of alcohol, so at the end of the day it's a very cozy situation, but now it's... yeah. <laughs> so better sober, at least while looking, and then for yeah, later. Yeah, for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone has, have a hat on their shoulders. Um, so thinking of the graduation as um, both a moment in time which indicates an ending, but also a beginning of a period, which is the beginning of your um, autonomous practice, so to say. Which uh, which moment you relate to uh, more at this this moment? Are you um, filled with certain emotions about finishing, or you're excited about what's to come? Uh, yeah, it depends. What time of the day you ask me and what day? <laughs> uh, today I'm very sad to leave, of course, because it's great to see the school and everybody and everybody's coming and you see old colleagues and yeah, it's a bit of a festive and party, of course. So now you think like, oh shit, tough moment. But time, yeah. yesterday it was like super hard working and I was drilling holes all day long for a stupid bar or like the entrance gate and at that moment, I couldn't wait to follow my own plan and like get somebody else to do this. <laughs> like, hopefully, that can happen. But uh, yeah, I'm of course very sad to leave, and uh, I have a great, I had a great time, and I learned a lot and amazing colleagues, and very happy to graduate with them. And uh, yeah, we have some plans for the future together as well. So, with some, you stick around, and I know I'm gonna see some teachers again. So that's. You take it a bit with you because they're also active and not really stuck to this place. But we make arrangements or like we say, we're going to visit each other. And like I'm uh, yesterday I rented a studio. So I know, okay, I can invite people now to come there. So I think I will be in touch with the school and the people. And yeah, because I'm also in touch with alumni who, st who studied here and it's a good community as well. So yeah, that's great news. Yeah. I was about to ask you, like, how do you. Um 
see your ideas in relation also to the practices of other of other artists? Do you have a certain like friends group that you share certain ideas? And in that sense, you become maybe this kind of like a social group that it's share ideas and sensibility or even like physical space and working spaces. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's very good. Yeah. And I um, wanted to go back a little bit to, to your work and sp uh, speak at last about your your paintings because you said they're quite uh, uh, quite fresh, um, also as a kind of development in your process. Can you share um, a little bit how you feel now towards painting and do you think that if they are the final step within a longer process... Um, that painting is some sort of like supreme medium in comparison or you just find find as a kind of a different outlet of ideas and yeah what are your future plans with it mm. at first I, s I saw it really as a supreme medium because I couldn't really um, like uh, catch the beast let's say so I, I really had a lot of question marks and it was something really big to conquer and Especially because I, super, yeah, I was super bad at it technically, and dirty brushes, dirty paint, dirty layers. It's yeah, it was a very big operation, <laughs> and it still is. Of course, I'm I'm only one year. I started like a year ago, and I'm still completely not knowing what I'm doing, but a bit better. Um, so so I'm really focused on that, and like. Um, grasping everything there is about painting so now it's a big focus point because i really have to do it and sculpturing and drawing is a bit easier for me or like i can do it quicker uh, but um i was super tired with it so i i also the moment before the build-up was i it came across my mind to not show paintings at all so for me they're not uh not supreme or higher or uh more important than the rest. I hope there's a big exchangeable value value within. Yeah. yeah. You, you said you, you achieved this uh, state of, um, by doing painting of not knowing and um, reading your resume, at, um, it stood out to me that this is something that you actually really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So even that there's this struggle within the process, um, also there's a lot of... Um, satisfaction and joy and I think this also shows within the results there's something very I can say ambiguous or or yeah there's something about this painting that kind of make you curious and something you recognize and something you don't but that's maybe exactly these things that we cannot put in words is actually what um, makes a work what it is mm -hmm. yeah yeah, especially the state of not knowing is, is super important. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for example, uh, if you know what you're going to draw or paint, then uh, then I'm not going to do it, I think. Um, I can already imagine it in my head how it's going to look like and I'm not going to execute something for an idea. So uh, while painting, I'm adjusting constantly and it has a lot of different states and at one point it's very ugly and at one point it's less ugly or more the way i like it and then it's 
yeah, question of good good timing to take it away in order not to screw it up. Um, but I don't want to reach a, a specific end goal with the painting, or because it's of course a square and it's flat and it has a lot of uh, history with a specific presentation in it or a composition or um, yeah, and I can't, I really can't do it. Uh, that's really an execution, and I'm really uh, like. The things you see now are still a bit in process. Like I see some things like I want to finish them this way or that way. So it's yeah. nice that you see like a manifestation of a certain time uh, within the process. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a bit tricky with paintings. Yeah. <laughs> when do you know something is finished? When yeah. or a particular piece, perhaps? Because yeah. I yeah. guess as as artists, we're never quite finished. You just continue exploring mm -hmm. ideas or feelings or anything you want to engage with through your practice. But I guess with painting, it's on yeah. one side, no matter what you do, you always um, relate to the long history of painting. But then on the other, um, yeah, as we said already, when is it finished exactly? Yeah, I still don't know. And I, if, I think if you know once... If it's finished, then yeah, yeah, you're gonna sell it, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it looks a bit more finished or commercial once you really have an execution for me. Then yeah, uh, but yeah, painting is for me more uh, really a manifestation of this attitude or process. So yeah, I hope uh, I will never find a way or like the moment that the painting is finished. Yeah, because it's also super tempting. Like uh, the day I already had, like it was icking that I ran to my studio, like grab a brush and like finish something because I saw that wasn't <laughs> quite done or have <laughs> a new idea. So yeah, I think I'm gonna use an external force to help me with uh, deciding when the painting is finished and take it away from me. Cause, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also remember this one critique um, I was getting. Um, sometimes uh, when I was a student a couple of years ago to not try to incorporate all the ideas I have within one work <laughs> and to actually allow yourself to make new work and new pieces and explore new ideas and kind of give them a bit more space. I guess that's an interesting um, comment in regard to that. Um, just want to uh, bring you back a little bit to um, the moment we were talking about speed and representation and social media and distraction um, and to ask you what do you think about um, yeah the, generally speaking like digital culture or like social media in relationship to to your work like do you do you find it necessary to be present or to embody the same speed when you're um, showing your work online? If you do so, and kind of what, how do you relate to it in general? Um, yeah, I, I am doing social things and social things on networks, uh, and then taking pictures and post it, and I promote it, and I see it really more as a yeah, not really as only a promotion thing, but also to share a bit of your life, of course. But I try not to get lost in my phone or a laptop, or but I try really to put it away and. Uh, especially inside the studio because the speed and everything that's happening and this opening feeling is something that's super parallel to social media and especially digital world. 
So I really tried to um, put my phone and my laptop away in the studio. And yeah. for example, I tried to listen to an album instead of a song. So like from the beginning to the end uh, to also have this feeling of time and you know, okay, this is 15 minutes and this is uh, why it has to take so long or a book, for example, this yeah. is how long I read about it. So you have a bit more control about time and then you can start the opening. <laughs> yeah. And then you can start on your drawing. Yeah, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, other, yeah, it feels like you're scrolling in your studio all the time, and yeah, this, yeah, it's. A, I think what I'm doing is a different speed and quickness than in the di digital world. Um, yeah, first of all, because you're not looking at the screen, of course. But uh, do you think it's also because it's the um, you're in the position of the. Um, Prosumer, so you're the one actually creating the, um, the image in front of you or creating the idea, mm. um, and and meanwhile you're also creating the conditions for that, and it's not you consuming images and information. Then all of a sudden, two hours passed, and you're like, "Oh, what happened?" Do you think that's yeah, I mean, true, it's kind yeah. Of a, yeah, yeah, a different way of looking at speed as well. Yeah, it's like building your own social network and your own feed or timeline and DMs. <laughs> or in your own head, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's, um, what's next for Dante van Elborg? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm uh, renting a studio and I'm going to work in the studio a whole year. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I'm not going to do an education or... Um, uh, specific plan but uh, yeah I'm gathering with some friends we have some plans to make like multiple shows in Arnhem and start really building stuff here where we are now and um, yeah I'm, I also want to continue where I started uh, where I ended with graduating because I still see some improvements and some, some things I want to continue at so I not only changing the paintings right no 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 I, I hope they got sold and I'm really not touching them anymore. <laughs> but otherwise they would, yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, uh, once the show is done, I'm going to move everything in a truck and empty it in the studio and I'm going to continue and also take a break, of course. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm going to do exactly what I was doing and hopefully uh, more in a professional matter with shows and expositions, yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, wish you a really good time with that and also um, a well-deserved break in the summer months. Doesn't feel like summer now, today on the 30th of June, we're recording. Um, yeah, wish you uh, very exciting conversations and meetings during the, the graduation show. Thank you. And yeah. really the best for, for the future and development of your practice. Yeah, thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for your attention today and your uh, hours of talking. It's great. Th yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure, really. <laughs>